As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh boy, everybody, we have a fun episode <laughs> for you today. Oh, that's one way to describe it. But before we get into today's episode, we have to thank our newest patrons, starting with our newest champion for actors' rights, Woohoo! who is Kayla Smith. Kayla, we are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for all the important work you do for actors everywhere. It's so important. It's so important. Um, also, importantly, we have to welcome some new freaking members to Tony fucking Colette's inner circle. Wow, the circle is growing. Join the movement. We absolutely love to see it. Uh, we oh, give a warm, warm welcome to Aaron Lawless, Aram Freeman, John Michael Brothers. I wonder if those are two brothers named John and Michael. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> welcome. Kimberly Copen, Allison Holen, Gemma Varco, Gina Johnson, Marie Besgrove, Emily Wernicke, Aubrey Hamilton, Colin Stetson Saxophone, ELP Music, Lottie Draws, Zachary Folkman, Kaylee, Alex McRae, Vanessa Perez, Vanessa Renee, Sierra G, AJ Kwan, Tage Philomley, Claude Rains, and Aaron Love. <laughs> so many new members. That sounded like a poem. Yeah, it was a bit of a poem. It was a bit that rhymed. <laughs> beautiful. Um, welcome, welcome. We are so excited to have you guys. We also have a few upgrades uh, this week, including my son, Hugh Mungo Cox. <laughs> you mungo cox has joined uh welcome to you i mean i mean you've already been here obviously but you've upgraded that's great great. um (laughs) along with james boone and ep we love you guys unconditionally forever starting a while ago but continuing on forever and ever till the end of time all the unconditional love and support we can offer humongo cox probably also related to brian cox if he's your son Brian Cox is either his dad or his grandpa. Yeah, his dad. Right. Well, Brian Cox, Brian Cox is dad, grandpa, or he could be my husband. We don't, we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Hugh Mungo Cox could also be related to Hugh Grant. And so maybe it's like a joint Ooh. child between me, Brian Cox, and Hugh Grant. Maybe. And we can all talk about who's who in the relationship next time. Yeah, let's That'll, all talk about it. <laughs> that'll be a fun thing to have a little sit down about. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, Brian Cox might be in this episode, so he might. I guess you're gonna have to keep listening to find keep out. Keep listening to find out. Um, and if you want to join the Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. Um, and enjoy this episode. Bada ba ba ba, you know? Bada ba ba ba, you're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi everyone, welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. 
I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, so I watch them and I tell you about them so that you don't have to watch them, but you can know about them. Oh, and God. That's what we do here. Perfect definition of what you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here. Um, but before we do that this week, how are we doing? Right now, Mab- Mabel's making biscuits on my lap and I need to cut her claws. Owie! 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 Owie. Mabel is Emily's cat, in case anyone <laughs> doesn't know. <laughs> That, yes, correct. Correct. Speaking of cats, I am visiting my parents' house right now, and um, their cat was just, is an outdoor cat, and he was just mauled by some unknown (gasps) creature. They don't know whether it was a fox or a hawk or something. My parents live in the country. They're a very rural area. And Mm -hmm. um, basically... Oliver came like scraggling back to the house, like could barely oh. move his legs. Oh. And he'd been like chomped down <gasps> on in his like hind quarters. And no. now he's he's recovering. He's doing a lot better. But Aww, he's walking good. around and he looks like he's his he looks like like a fancy poodle. Like, you know, that's like his um <laughs> his like cause they had to shave in oh, certain yeah. areas. <laughs> So it's, it's like so oh. funny when an animal, especially a cat, gets shaved because like they, you're not used to seeing that. No, his whole butt and like back is shaved, but then his tail is left, and so it's like a big furry, fluffy tail, and then just like the skinniest little gray cat body you've ever seen. <laughs> oh. And then they had to shave like around his top too, and so it's like around his top. <laughs> it's just very funny. <laughs> He honestly looks like a fancy cat now, even though he's mm. um, been injured. Anyway. Oh, well, I'm so guy. happy that he's alive. That could have been um, worse. I know. I'm impressed that he was able to fend off whatever this creature was. And also, like, what? Who would do that? You know? Who would do that? <laughs> Who would do it? <laughs> Probably those sharp little claws, like the ones that are digging into Emily's lap right now. Yeah, exactly. Probably what, probably what saved him. They also can really bite. Yeah. Those little tiny teeth are sharp. Well, they just like get on their back and they just go to town. Like they'll just like. Yeah, use they their use their little legs. back feet to go like. Rapid fire. What about you guys? <laughs> um, well, I went to a strip club this weekend. <gasps> Not just any strip club either, like the premier strip club. It's a fun one. Of Los Angeles. It's Jumbo's Clown Room. And I don't know, is it even a strip club? It is like dancers. There's not a ton of stripping happening, but Yeah, it's a it's a pole pole dancing yeah. venue. They don't allow nudity. So right? They do not. So, well, there's a law, I believe, at least in California, yes. that you cannot serve alcohol if they are nude. So if you want to go to a nude strip club, there's no alcohol involved. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So obviously you wouldn't ever do that. Imagine going <laughs> and doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't That's dark. I, I, I think it's really dark. I think that the, it, <laughs> I very much understand why that would be a law and, and it and it seems correct. But also, that's really sad. I'm shocked that that strip clubs don't serve, or I guess that there are strip clubs. I don't know. I just thought Jumbo's Clown Room was unique in the sense that they didn't have nudity. 
No, cheetahs didn't didn't have nudity, and I don't oh. know what has happened to cheetahs. God, I loved cheetahs, but the cheetahs has been like t- bought by somebody else over mm. the before the pandemic, I think, and so I don't know. But yeah, they also they also didn't weren't nude, but yeah. Um, but it was just, I mean, it felt so like what a, it felt like a real marker of maybe starting to come out of the other end of a pandemic. The mm. pandemic is not over. Uh, and who knows what the holidays will bring. But yeah. I've gotten a booster. Uh, the Everywhere in L.A. is checking vaccine cards. And so I felt totally comfortable being at a strip club, no windows in sight, filled with people. And it just felt like a real, a real monumental moment. And it's very exciting. It was very exciting. I had a great time. You got a t-shirt. I got a my second t-shirt. I already had a t-shirt from them, but I felt like it had been six years and they'd probably changed it. And I was right. So Mm. got a new version of that t-shirt. Great. That's great. I love that. I'm jealous. I want to go to Jumbos. What about you, Emily? What's up? Well, I got my booster this morning, so I f- I'm feeling th- extremely low energy. Uh, I just <laughs> caught myself just like listening to you guys and be like, mm-hmm, 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 and having like no, um, uh, vi- like visible response. So th- if, <laughs> if I if in my if I'm weird in this episode that might be why but um but i'm really excited to have gotten my booster if you live in la um the silver lake cvs just is taking straight up walk-ins they've got a great system it was easy it was easy as heck and i'm really thrilled really thrilled to be boosted um and you know what i've been feeling like this week Hmm. it's really cool i've been feeling like you know sometimes you start a, a project or or a task or a skill or you just start doing something and it takes a while for you to see where that led you just Mm -hmm. in life and i'm Mm -hmm. certain that i'm expressing this in the best possible way i have felt in this past week honestly just like i'm really seeing a lot of those efforts sort of come pay off in some ways or like i'm seeing how I'm seeing how pursuing what I enjoy has has been a good thing. That's great. I'm feeling that way with the podcast so much and and with the stuff that I make. And I'm just like, oh, what a cool reminder to just try as hard as you can to pursue the the things that that bring you joy, because probably good things will come from that. Well, if you can, freaking heartwarming, Emily. Thank you. And you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and I know this episode goes out after Thanksgiving, apparently, but um, you know, this is a lot to be grateful for. Which you can be grateful at not, but not just on Thanksgiving. All the time, you can be grateful, and you should. And I am, and I also feel tip top. <laughs> thankful for that too Mm -hmm. thankful for that speaking of feeling tip top (laughs) speaking of feeling tip top let's do what we came here to freaking do Mm -hmm. we have an exciting movie this week Mm -hmm. this was uh the choice of our halloween giveaway winner gabby virillo chose this week's movie thank you gabby thank you thank you gabby you picked a good one i'm excited yeah, I'm excited as well. She picked The Autopsy of Jane Doe, 
which came out in 2016. It was directed by Andre Overdahl, written by Ian Goldberg and Richard Nang, starring Brian Cox, Emile oh. Hirsch, <laughs> Ophelia Lovavond, and Olwyn Kelly, and it is available on Shudder.com. Woohoo. Very exciting. Yeah, we. I feel like... This one has had actually been requested quite a few times and it had been on our radar for a while. So Gabby just gave us that little push we needed. Mm -hmm. Sammy, had you ever seen it before? No, this was my first time watching it. And man, I just, Brian Cox, what can you say? Mm -hmm. He can do anything. He's so good. I love that he is in horror movies. What a blessing for us for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And he's my relative somehow. Your dad or husband, we're not sure. He could we're be not either. Sure. <laughs> he could be either. Either works. It's crazy, Henley, how you don't know who your dad and husband are. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know I'm married, but to who? <laughs> Just one crazy night in Vegas. Um, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, I actually know nothing about this film except that people mm-hmm. request it all the time on the mm-hmm. podcast and people dm us all the time about it so i i don't know anything about the plot i feel like i thought it was older 2016 is is pretty recent yeah i mean it's recent. not super recent i guess it's five years ago but i just would have thought this movie was older somehow. you know it's crazy and it's kind of too bad and maybe everyone's this way but like every time i hear the year 2016 all i can think about is the trump presidency now yeah, so, of yeah. course pretty defining part of that year <laughs> I'm like, how is this movie connected to the Trump presidency? Uh-huh. Like, that's the first thing my brain does. It's like, it's not connected. There's nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh. I mean, 2016 was bad. 2016 was super bad. It was no 2020, but it was bad. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was the 2020 of the 2010s. 2016, 2016 is like, though, like when it was like my innocence was over then. You know, my childhood fully ended. At 2016, it was like I couldn't. Yeah, it was I, brutal. The, the the cloth was taken over my removed from my fa- eyes. What's the phrase? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the cloth. The cloth was taken was removed from my fa- eyes. The cloth. <laughs> we know the, the cloth, phrase. We all know it. The cloth is uh, removed. I from really my... appreciate how much you tried to say all of the options at once. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, say it all. Say everything. Just say one confusing combination of all of it. Does anyone even know if that is even close to being wool from your eyes? That sounds right. That's closer. Anyway, um, yeah. Okay, twenty sixteen. Also, um, did is Emil Hirsch bad? Oh, I hadn't heard. Oh. Is he bad? I think he might. Have I been could be wrong, but I think he is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I could find a better way to express that. Interesting. I had not heard, but I wouldn't, I, you know, be shocked. But it can't, it couldn't be. I mean, he was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was like not, which was after this. Hmm. Oh, yeah. He had an assault conviction in 2015. Oh, yeah. He went to jail. Oh, God. Attempting to strangle Paramount Pictures executive Daniel Burnfields at Tao Nightclub. Holy shit. He claimed he did not remember what had happened. That's not really a helpful argument, I would say. But then he pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor 
assault and was sentenced to 15 days in jail and fined $4,750. They could sentence you to just 15 days? That sort of feels like, why? why? I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to go to jail for 15 days, <laughs> but it does feel like just do a month at least. A month at know. least. I don't know. That's I just so sort of weird to me. Yeah, kind of crazy that he's just continues to work. Uh, just his. I'm looking at his filmography. I mean, everybody and does. It, it didn't uh, affect his work at all. It in 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 fact, it seems like he's been working more <laughs> since the. Um... Well, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Hmm. Hmm. Well, Interesting. Sorry. It's honestly. I mean. Just a lot of there's a lot of bad men and and some of them are actors. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so we talk about movies. It's just it's just bound to happen. It's bound to happen. But let's for let's not let's just talk about the movie. Let's you know? talk about the movie. Uh, the budget was six million, and the box office was six million. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Clean. <laughs> Easy peasy. Uh, it has 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 65% on Metacritic, and a 6.8 on IMDb. Pretty high, pretty high. A return to form. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, the director, Andre Overdahl, was inspired to make this movie after seeing The Conjuring. He previously directed Troll Hunter, so this was his first foray into horror troll hunters like what is troll hunter it has some little scary elements to it i just imagined immediately thought you were talking about like the disney movie trolls me too (laughs) (laughs) uh no it's literally about like hunting trolls it's a nor he's norwegian so it's uh i have i know i've seen it i don't totally remember i know it was good okay (laughs) um but yeah so this is his first English language film and his first like true horror film. Um, Sammy, you've seen so many movies. It really blows my mind. You know, what's crazy is I get so overwhelmed by how many I haven't seen. Like there's so many movies in existence. Man, oh man, oh man. And so even though I feel like I really watch a lot of them, it's still I can't keep up. I just watch the same like eight movies over and over and over and over again. Well, I like to do that too, and that's the that also stresses me out. It's where it's like, <laughs> well, now I got I want to watch The Matrix again, but it's like, well, I've seen it and I got to watch other movies. Wow, yeah. So, yeah, it's I do tough. like I like that quality about you, Sammy, though. Is that when you see a movie that you really like, you want to just watch it? A few more times each time with people, someone who hasn't seen it yet. Oh, it's my mm-hmm. favorite thing. It's my favorite yeah, thing. I love that. But even I like to just rewatch things alone. Sometimes I was listening to the score of Mandy and it just, I got it just, what a great movie. It just made me want to watch it again. So there's just, you know, I get really stressed about not having enough time to do all the things I want to do. Uh, the thing mm. is, you w- want to rewatch cool movies like Mandy, and I'm like, I'll watch It's Complicated for the 50th time. <laughs> hey, It's Complicated is good. And I feel good about that choice. I feel good about that choice for you. I think you should. Um, Stephen King said of the autopsy of Jane Doe that it is a visceral horror to rival Alien and early Cronenberg. Watch Ooh. it, but not alone. Which, like, I'm a little confused, honestly, by that quote. It's okay. Like, did he even see it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a lot of body horror stuff? I mean, it's I mean, it's an called autopsy. autopsy. 
it is definitely a lot of corpse organs all yeah <laughs> yeah okay. a lot of corpse <laughs> a lot of corpse so, it's one huge corpse <laughs> said a lot of corpse in this one <laughs> um Martin Sheen was originally cast as Tommy, who was is went to Brian Cox. Eventually, had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. And Andre Overdahl said that Olwen Kelly had the most difficult role in the film. She plays Jane Doe, the corpse. It is a real actress playing the corpse, and he credit credited her with making everyone else comfortable on the set which like how horrible is that statement like the naked woman having to make everybody else comfortable like what but it does seem like a really strange role to play i guess he'll tell us if it needed to be a an alive woman yeah, i'm sure we'll I'm find guessing out the corpse moves I guess he'll tell us, I, but... I, yeah, like, I can't, we don't want to spoil it anything. Sounds We're not really, gonna... Yeah, but at the moment, I'm sort of like, why did you make a woman do this? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is... Uh, they, they probably could have had it, had her be naked uh, less. Mm. <laughs> probably could have cheated some stuff for sure, but... Uh, but she is very much naked in frame for most of the movie. And so... You wow. know, there, it would probably have looked weirder if it were a dummy. You, yeah, because you could tell. You probably tell it was a dummy. Because she's a very while. visible a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm. Um. Mm. So Olin Kelly spent around eight hours a day for five weeks lying naked on an autopsy table. Oh. Yeah, man. Just imagining that I role. Hope it was warm. I would be like, can I listen to a podcast? Like, what are you <laughs> like? I would go a little crazy. It's almost That's really wild. Yeah. Not being able to move. It's like hard work. Yeah. I, I read that part of why they chose her is because she was um, very into yoga and was good at like not like not br visibly breathing um, and could My control God. that. She definitely looks dead the whole time, which I feel like is hard to do. That's insane. Yeah. Jeez, okay. Yeah, so great job, Olwyn Kelly. Great job. That's all I've got for trivia. Should we watch this trailer? Let's yes, I've never seen it. Not what I was expecting. Can I see one? Well, no, no. What's that for? Make sure he's dead. Sheriff, what happened? No ID, no fingerprints in the system. For now, she's a Jane Doe. He needs my help right now. 11 o'clock, I'm all yours. Subject is in her mid to late 20s. Hair brown. Black warning now. Eyes gray. What happened to you? First, they bound her. Then they ripped out her tongue, poisoned her, paralyzed her, forced her to swallow the cloth. Where is that? 
यार expecting but like that was like so aggressively not what i was expecting it wasn't really what i was expecting either yeah whoa it's scarier than i thought it would be it looks really scary really scary it's really scary because well i don't know what happens but just the idea of them also just doing an autopsy and kind of like discovering that she's been like killed in such a disturbing way i didn't even like think about that but that makes a lot of sense it's really upsetting. That is really upsetting. Yeah, it's she's beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, I will say it's like I think it would have yeah, lost something had it not been a real actress, but that said, I hope that on the like close-up shots they like covered her like she was allowed to be covered p- part of I'm the sure. Time. I'm sure she was an only yeah, no no no. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Oh my god. Okay, I am I'm fascinated. I want to yeah. know what it is. I know it's a great little it's a great setup and mystery and I love those kind like I thought it would be t- more of a kind of thriller based on it kind of being like a medical mystery what's happening, but it gets like full horror for sure. Um and that's, you know, for our purposes, perfect. So we've got perfect. a little we've got a little bit of both. Ooh, Sammy. Take it away, baby. (laughs) Let's take it away. Let's get into it. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. 
That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, okay, so we start at a crime scene and we see a detective who is... Um, Lord Bolton from Game of Thrones, which kind of threw me. <laughs> Just I remember that, that name, there. but I can't put it's a face Roos, with it. Roos Bolton's dad, and he's like, he looks evil. Oh, so ooh, many uh, characters uh, uh, in that show. I hate the Bolton. The Bol- he's the one who, or no. Is he the one that um, tortures? Tortures? Great- no. Tortures great one. Oh, it's uh, that's if you whisper it, nobody can. Nobody can. That's Roose Bolton. So that's yeah. Um, his. Oh, okay. His, uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, bad, bad guy. Co- correct family. He is not bad in this, but I just you know have that association in my mind. So I was immediately on edge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He is a detective and arrives at this crime scene where there's multiple victims. I think it's four victims of a homicide. Um, someone's been shot, someone's been stabbed, there's blood everywhere. And as they're surveying the crime scene, one of the other detectives said, no signs of a break-in. It actually looks like they were trying to break out. And then they find our Jane Doe um, naked, kind of half buried in the yard under the house a bit. And they're very confused by by her. They can't they can't ID her. Um, no fingerprints in the system. And so then we cut to our morgue where we meet Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox. Emil Hirsch is Austin, and Brian Cox is Tommy. Which like Brian Cox has a Tommy? What? That makes no sense. <laughs> this is so. You guys just call him Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch. I mean, you don't need to, but. Tommy? It just, I can't think of a name less suited for Brian Cox than Tommy. It's not yeah. right. It's not a fit. <laughs> Maybe it's like wrong. Gene. Oh, but, I have, but I have to say Austin for Emile Hirsch is kind that of works. a perfect, that works. perfect that works. fit. For that sure. Works. Honestly, it's weirder that his name is Emil. Yeah. It should be Austin. <laughs> it should be Austin. Um, but so they are performing an autopsy on someone who is like a, has been severely burned, covered in, he's like crispy and it's immediately like super gross, but this is their job. They're listening to like rock music on the radio there. It seems, you know, they're not obviously grossed out by it, but they're doing a very disgusting thing. Very casually. Uh, Brian Cox is kind of quizzing Emil Hirsch. Seems like he is obviously newer to this. Brian Cox has been doing it for much longer. We find out that they are father and son, mm-hmm. and this is a family business, and it's been in their family for um, generations. And it's in the basement of their house. And are all morgues like underground? I feel like they always are in movies, but. 
what way to make it creepier <laughs> yeah i do feel like i every time i see it on screen it is underground i guess Maybe the implication is to do with the temperature yeah that's what i was thinking but you can make it any temperature you want anywhere. That's <laughs> true. Also, I'm just thinking about like I grew up in South Florida and you can't there you can't have basements there because it it's mm. water, it's too close to sea level. So like yeah. there've got to be morgues there. I guess I can understand why a horror movie would choose it to be in a basement though. It's definitely Maybe they spookier. Just sometimes are, sometimes aren't. That's probably right. That's probably what <laughs> it is. Also, right. it might have to do with the fact that they're usually like part of a funeral home and like the funeral home's like on top and the morgue's like beneath it. Yes, maybe it is the funeral That's home is on top. probably what it is. Yeah. Way mm-hmm. to, way to good problem jo- solve good, that good one. Good job, Henley. Oh, thanks. I'm sure. Who knows if it's even right? It sounds right. It sounds right, and that's all that matters. That's good enough for us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also see that they have a cat named Stanley. We're worried about that immediately. (laughs) Stanley's Dunzo, Bunzo. And although I trust a cat more in a horror movie than a dog, that's true. Yeah, true. Um, But so they do their like very gross autopsy. Cutting, cutting bones, like breaking open rib cages, Ugh. throwing Ugh. organs around. It's all happening very like cavalierly, and mm-hmm. um, and they finish up, and they're getting ready to go and uh, close up for the night and head home. And then Austin's girlfriend, whose name is Emma Roberts in the in the <laughs> movie, which just kind of made me laugh. Her name's not that in real life, but I just thought it was funny to have <laughs> a celebrity like, awesome. name as your character name. <laughs> that is really funny. Um, so Emma arrives and they're supposed to have a date and she comes into the morgue and is kind of tr- asking to be shown around. Like, can I see the bodies? Like, she's interested in it. And Austin's saying No some things you can't unsee you don't want to see it and like my dad would be mad and then we see that brian cox is like in the room and he's like i'm not mad like if she wants to see it let her see it and he says like pick one and she point there's those little morgue drawers the little cold mm-hmm. lockers that they keep the bodies in and so there's three <clears throat> that currently have bodies in them and brian cox says pick one and she points to the one in the middle and uh, Emil Hirsch opens the one on the end instead and rolls the person out and it's a woman whose mouth and eyes are stitched closed. Ew! And it's just very creepy and scary looking and she tries to act not freaked out by it like she she tries to put on a little brave face and she's like I, po- I pointed to the middle one like the one I wanted to see is the middle one. He's like, are you sure? And she says, yes. He opens the middle one and the body in that one is covered with a sheet. And but we can see that on the face, there's like not enough face there. The sheet is dipped down, show like seeming like his face is mostly gone and there's blood on the towel. And they say, you know, gunshot wound in the face. And. Uh, we don't see his face, but she notices he has a bell tied around his ankle and asks about it. And Brian Cox explains back in the day, it was hard to tell whether someone was in a coma or dead. And so they would hang a bell on them 
Um, and if they heard it jingle, it meant, you know, the person was still alive. And he says, you know, I, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I just, you know, like to keep it on just, just, just for, 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 for funsies. Just do it for fun. Hey, hey, we are going to hear some bells. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, but we definitely know that's going to be coming back. Um, and so after that, then Austin and Emma are getting ready to go out on their date. And as they're heading for the elevator, the detective from the beginning comes in with Jane Doe's body and says, this is a rush. We need to figure out what happened to her tonight so I can have something to tell the press tomorrow. This is like a, you know, quadruple homicide. There people are asking questions and um so brian cox starts you know heading to to do the autopsy on jane doe and austin tells emma you know i need to be there for him right now and at 11 p.m i'll be all yours we can catch the late movie and she says it's been two years so there's this implication we infer that um, Brian Cox's wife, Emile Hirsch's mom, has died two years ago. Okay. And Emma seems a little hurt by this. Like, this maybe happens a lot is the kind mm-hmm. of feeling we're getting. She's like, again, like, it's been two years. But he's able to charm her and says, you know, I'll make it up to you and I'll see you at 11. And so Emma leaves and... Austin Can goes. Can you imagine meeting up with somebody at eleven to start a date? God I'd be no. Like, no, I'm going to sleep. I'll see you another time. Do people <laughs> do that? I can't imagine a date going to to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta be home by ten, or I turn into a pumpkin. I go to bed at eight eight thirty nowadays. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my bedtime. I gotta be in bed at ten reading a book, or it's mm-hmm. game over for me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but they head back in to start the autopsy. They turn on their fun music again on the radio and they open the body bag, lay her on the table and start step one of the autopsy is just the physical looking at her, taking photos, describing anything they see. And so Emile Hirsch is taking Polaroids and they're kind of saying, you know, uh, Caucasian female, hair brown. They open her eye. We saw in the trailer she has these m- milky gray eyes. And so he's just like, eyes gray. And um, there's no external visible signs of any wounds or anything. Um, but all of the bones in her wrists and ankles are shattered. Mm, but there's oh no bruising no or anything and so that's Mm. their first kind of huh like that's shouldn't be and then they open her mouth and see that her tongue is cut out ugh 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 and she is missing a tooth um and then they find that she has peat under her fingernails and in her hair which I don't really know what peat is i think it's like a type of dirt like it's like what you use it's like mulch yeah for some reason that's also strange i guess there was no peat like where she was found is what it is like there's just a lot of things that are not matching up to Mm -hmm. the state that they found her in 
And so they're just at this point start just confused. Um, as Austin is taking photos, he's taking a photo of her face and her nose slowly starts to bleed and a little drop of blood starts falling out. And then we see something moving in her nose and a little fly crawls out and flies away. And it's very gross. And then the radio kind of goes staticky and changes stations a bit. And we hear it changes to a news station and we're hearing thunder in the distance. And the news reporter is saying um, a storm, basically a storm is coming. Everybody watch out. (laughs) Okay. Storms, storms are brewing. FYI, storm just everybody look out look out (laughs) look out heads up storms storms are coming and after we hear that the radio changes on its own again to another station and lands on a creepy old-timey song that goes open up your heart and let the sun (laughs) shine in i love it Austin and Tommy just kind of look at each other like, huh, so weird. Change it back to our freaking rock tunes. And so they just walk over and change it back to the station that they wanted to be listening to. And they start step two of the autopsy, which is cutting her open, which they cut a Y-shaped incision across her chest and like down her belly. And as um, they cut it, she starts really bleeding from it like kind of pouring blood from it emile hirsch says that's not supposed to happen right and brian cox says i've seen it before but only in corpses or only in people that have died within an hour or two like very fresh corpses um but the way her eyes have gone that milky color would suggest she's been dead much longer than that and so this is again just not adding up what normally happens like where does the blood go you know what i mean i feel like it sort of like hardens maybe i have have no no reason to say that i have no (laughs) reason to say that i know it's a good guess i'm talking about i i just started talking (laughs) why (laughs) (laughs) it hardens you turn to stone i had to have an answer like why don't what was that it congeals i think what happens and i also don't know but (laughs) i would think your heart not beating anymore has something to do with it because your blood's not in motion yeah, so it's all just like so sitting it's not still. Like but what it pump out? Yeah. Oh, doesn't it? Doesn't don't oh, you okay. get rigor mortis because everything sort of settle? Like it, you're, it might all settle at like the the back back of your oh. body if you're laying down, so mm. it wouldn't like pour out of the top. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Right. There's nothing like thrusting <laughs> it out of that. your body. Right. This blood right now for her is being thrust. It's being thrust out of her body in a way that just doesn't make sense. Um, and so then they pull her skin open, revealing her ribs, and they start, they bring in like bone cutter things and start sawing off her, sawing her ribs off, which is apparently how it's done, which of course they would, you know, do their research, (laughs) makes a lot of sense that this is accurate to the process, but 
yeah, you cut their ribs off so that you can look at their organs. So it, and it shows it all. It shows them cutting the ribs off, kind of tossing them aside. It looks like little baby back ribs. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> and then inside, as they're looking at her organs, they see that her lungs are completely blackened. And Emil Hirsch says, I w- wouldn't have taken her as a smoker. Brian Cox says, no, no, no. Like, you would have to be smoking a pack a day for 60 years for your lungs to look like this. Like, this looks to me like she died in a fire, like was breathing in smoke. But I would expect her to be covered in third degree burns based on this. Um, He says this is like finding a bullet in someone's brain, but no gunshot wound. Mm, Wow. And then the rest of her organs are covered in little nicks and scars like they are like she had been sliced on her organs which again doesn't make sense what the freaking heck are they scared are they getting really spooked devil devilry like are they confused or are they like wait this is scary this is bad um they're not as scared as they should be that's for certain (laughs) well yeah and I think, you know, they're scientists-ish, right? Sure. And so I, I, you get the they're sense curious. that they're really trying to figure out why this is possible. I don't think they're yet thinking of anything supernatural, but they right. are, okay. they're just trying to figure out, like, what the fuck's going on. They know something's not right, but um, they're not quite scared mm. yet. Um, But then... We hear a banging somewhere in the building. There's kind of long hallways in this mm. in this morgue. Austin says he'll go out to um, see what the noise is. And as he's walking down the hall, there's one of those convex corner mirror things. You know, like when you're reversing mm. out of a driveway that mm-hmm. shows you in all directions. And he sees down the hallway to the right from him. Jane Doe standing. Oh no! It's just standing still. That's not good. Uh, intact or cut in, open? Intact. Intact. Okay. And he freezes in fear and slowly creeps to the corner to look around, and she is not there, of course. But it's a very creepy moment. I think mm. this probably is that scared me the most. I really, it got me. Yeah. And then he hears the banging again from another room, goes in, and it's coming from the vents. And he looks in, and it's kind of a jump scare, something like runs by, but it is the cat, Stanley. And he is very wounded. I'm sorry, Henley, if this is... Weird timing. Yeah, so he has been also seemingly attacked um, Mm. to a point that it's 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 not looking like he will survive this attack um so sad and brian cox comes in he's heard some the commotion and um they're they both look really really sad brian cox takes the cat and snaps its neck oh Oh, jeez, god and then they take it to the incinerator room and it's all it's like there it's like a little funeral procession like they wrap him up and um it's done very like sweetly like they're very 
very upset and they carry him and they take him to the incinerator. And then they go back into the autopsy room and one of the cold lockers is open. Oh, that's not good. And Austin just says, oh, I must have left this open. Mm-mm. No, nope, I, Austin. I don't think you did, Austin. Austin, you should have gone to that movie. <laughs> you should have gone to that early, early show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they get back to it. Step three of the autopsy is to look inside the stomach and intestines. And so they cut open the intestines and they find a flower. It's called Jimson Weed. It is a, a poison poison flower that paralyzes you. They like pull out a little encyclopedia type book and and look it up is how they're able to find this out. And they also read that it is not native to this area. It's more in the like northeast. Um, and uh, the radio has switched back to the news now, and we hear that the storm is being upgraded to level three or something. And now Austin, at least, is starting to look pretty scared and says, Dad, I think we should leave. I think we should get out of here. Mm-hmm. And Brian Cox says to, says to him, if we start something, we finish it. If you want to leave, go ahead and leave. So there's some some subtext there, some past that Mm -hmm. we don't know quite what that is, but it obviously makes Austin feel guilty and he stays. So they keep going, going through this contents of her stomach and they find a cloth and they pull it out and unwrap it and her tooth is inside of it. Oh, God. And the cloth has... Uh, Roman numerals scrawled on it and sigils and it's just very strange and they're like what is this like someone made her swallow this this is what is some kind of ritual they don't know what to make of it um and yeah at this point they're both kind of like this is impossible this shouldn't be possible uh what the fuck what the fuck's going on and then on the radio the news reporter weather reporter starts sounding a little bit sinister and says okay. <laughs> one thing's for sure you're not going anywhere tonight <gasps> okay <laughs> okay and then it switches back to let the sun shine in. oh no the sun shining and austin at this point is looking around looking really freaked out brian cox is um, getting, he's noticing something else on the body and he start. he takes a little scalpel and starts peeling her skin away from the muscle and oh, peeling God. it back. And as he peels all of her like torso skin off, we see that it is tattooed on the inside of her skin. Holy shit. With more like sigils and symbols. Oh no. And then the cold lockers start opening up one at a time. Oh, oh no. it's oh, on no. now. <laughs> okay. And then and then the lights explode and it gets completely pitch black in there. And okay. 
uh, I, this, I said out loud to myself, okay, time to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and then Brian Cox says, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Okay, good. Thank you, Brian. And Thank you. I was like, okay, we're on the same page. Um, and, but the, they, they run to the elevator, but the power is out. So the elevator does not work. Mm. They go up the stairs where there is one of those little like basement doors that you would open up. Oh yeah. Like a, mm-hmm. like a, what do you call it? Tornado shelter uh-huh. trap type door, door. Sort of situation. Yeah. But a tree has fallen on top of it. Um, and so they can't open it and they go down to the office and try to make a phone call, but the reception is bad. It cuts out. And then they hear that little bell jingling. No. <laughs> no. And they hear it coming closer, and it does sound quite a lot like footsteps. Uh, and Emil Hirsch looks under the gap of the door of the office that they're in, and he sees some nasty old corpse feet. Oh, my God. And Panic starts, you know, pushing furniture in front of the door, trying to block it out. And... But uh, at this point, also, Brian Cox is in the bathroom uh, in the office. It's like same same room, but in the mm-hmm. bathroom. And because uh, I think he hurt himself. So he's trying to um, like rinse a wound that he fell or something. And then in the bathroom, yeah, he's not pooping. He's not pooping. <laughs> okay, don't even worry. No, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> when he said that, I was Wait. like, "Oh, he took a poop break." No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't even think that. It's he's hurt. You know, it's so funny. Is I was just listening to um, how did this get made? They talked about old. And one thing they said was everyone should be pooping constantly <laughs> because point. of the way point. time is passing. And because they have to eat so much. Yeah. It really made me laugh. Um, but yeah, no, Brian Cox is not pooping. Neither does anybody in old. Doesn't, doesn't make any no sense. No one in movies poops because no one in real life poops. That's right, especially and not if women. If you poop, it's fucking weird. <laughs> if you poop, you're fucking freak. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't do it. Oh god. And he's not. So he's <laughs> in the bathroom, but he then gets attacked. Emil Hirsch sees him like pulled back by something he can't see. The door slams closed. He's eventually able to break it open. And we see that Brian Cox has really been knocked around. He's like now got bruises on his chest and like belly and he's like hit his head. He's a little disoriented. And he said something, whatever attacked me had her same eyes, like the gray eyes. Ooh. Um, they say, you know, she's doing this. We need to figure out what the fuck's going on. Like it's her. So they decide to go back to the autopsy room. Great. And her organs have all rapidly decomposed that they had taken out of her just another weird thing that shouldn't happen they're like let's take her to the crematorium let's burn her and before they can do that the door locks on its own locks them Mm -hmm. in the autopsy room they cannot get Mm -hmm. out and austin grab finds an axe in the room do you guys like how I'm alternating between Austin and Emil Hirsch basically yeah, every yeah. time? Perfectly fine. I haven't honestly, <laughs> totally I have fine. not even noticed. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, are the lights still off? 
I think there's some little backup generator, so it's not like full brightness, but they're able to see. Okay. And Austin finds an axe and cuts like through the door, but as he is able to make a little hole in the door, we see those stitched eyes and mouth, that corpse uh. lady, that first corpse we saw, like jump in the in the hole and it's a uh. scary little jump scare and it's very gross. So they don't want to go out anyways, because that's where the reanimated corpses are. Oy, oy. Uh, so they're like, fuck it, let's burn her here. They cover her in gasoline and throw a match on her. And the fire gets really out of control really quickly. Um, like supernaturally so. Um, mm. Like flames shoot to the ceiling in a way that they shouldn't. And she does not burn. So they Fuck. are able to get a fire extinguisher and put the fire out. But she is not burnt at all. Great, great, great. They eventually realize okay well they're gonna have to get out of this room maybe take they're gonna take the axe with them take their chances try to fight their way out so they got to get out of here they go into the hallways it's very smoky now and dark so they can't really see what they're doing and they just hear that little jingling bell um they see the or there's a really creepy shot where it's just them looking down the long hallway and you hear the jingly bell and then you just slowly start to see the outline of a man coming Mm. towards them and they run and they run to the elevator because I think it's the only thing um, that they can reach. I think the stairs are behind the corpse guy. So it's like the Mm. only thing available to them. And they're trying to just close themselves into the elevator, even though the elevator is not working. Or maybe they're hoping that it's working by now because the backup generators kicked in, but it's mm-hmm. it's not working. Uh, but they get into it and they're trying to close the doors manually, like pressing them closed to protect themselves. And they're just hearing this jingling, getting closer and closer. Oh. We see the man's face for the first time, the gunshot wound. So he's just no face, really. Just a yeah. big old hole in his face. And he gets to the elevator. They're not able to close it. And Brian Cox grabs the axe and brings it down um, on the corpse. Corpse falls back. But then we hear like a woman's gasp. And they step out of the elevator. And it's Emma. (gasps) What? And she is. That they axed? That they axed. Oh, holy shit. Austin is inconsolable, sobbing. Brian Cox is shocked, also like stumbling backwards. And uh, is she dead? She they basically watch her die. Yeah, she's just kind of <laughs> bleeds out in Holy front of shit. them. Yeah, she got axed real hard in the chest. So she di- Holy sh- shit. she dies. Uh, they both kind of s- just sit down in in shock in the elevator. And Austin is saying, this is my fault. Like I told her to come back. She wouldn't, she she would, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me. Uh, Brian Cox saying, you can't blame yourself. Um, This is actually, this was my fault. And I'm the one who did it. And Austin says, you couldn't have known. And Brian Cox says, that's what they said about your mother. Like you, you couldn't have known. 
um, all that pain she was going through every day and I just didn't notice. And Mm -hmm. so we assume that she died by suicide and, um, they, they decide in this moment or they say, you know, there's something that Jane Doe doesn't want us to find and we've got to see this through. We got to figure out what's going on. That's our only chance or whatever. So they decide to go back to that autopsy room one more time and they go to step four, which is the brain examination. So they get that bone saw cut off her scalp and they like peel it down her face. And so from the front view or top view, looking down at her face, it's like she's basically wearing a mask of her scalp. It's so because they don't totally detach it. They just fold it down. And so I don't know. I had never seen that before and it really grossed me out. Ew. Um, and so they take they take a piece of her brain. Her brain looks normal. They're like, that's unusual. It's the first thing, basically, that's been normal inside of her. And so they cut a little piece of it off to look at it under a microscope. And it is alive. Her brain is... It's working? An alive organ, yes. And so she's just been participating in all of this. Yes. She's just been alert, feeling her feelings so while being they, autopsied. How did they know that she was dead? Did they? I don't think she has a pulse or anything. I mean, her heart was not alive. Yeah, no. Okay. Okay. Everything is pointing to her being dead. Yes. It's just her brain that is <laughs> still functioning. That's not possible, That's right? Terrifying. Not, That's like not possible. So scary. That better not be possible. Yeah, that's the worst part to still be alive. <laughs> the worst part. And as Emil Hirsch is examining the brain tissue, saying, What the fuck? Like this is this is impossible. Brian Cox is looking at taking another look at that cloth that they pulled out of her stomach and folds it in half. And then it allows the Roman numerals to line up in such a way that it, they're able to read that. It says Leviticus 20, 27. They grab their Bible that they have in there. <laughs> and it, the Leviticus twenty twenty seven says, any man or woman that consults the spirits of the dead shall be put to death for they are a witch. And they have a moment where and the cloth also says the year is 1693, which is the year of the Salem witch trials. And they have a moment of like putting it together, like the, the flower is from the Northeast, 1963. Like this is the Salem witch trials, right? That's what this is talking about. Brian Cox like Salem witch trials weren't real like they weren't witches they were innocent people that were put to death you know by the accusations of mm-hmm. children and like it wasn't real they weren't real they weren't witches and then this is like by the way not at all where I thought this movie was going how do you guys feel in yeah. this moment <laughs> I like, was not expecting it to have anything to do with the Salem witch trials no same and So then Tommy says, what if in torturing an innocent woman, they created a witch, which I think is a pretty 
big logical leap. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> huge! That's bigger than when I guessed what blood does after you die. <laughs> Do you think in this moment, he's like, well, I had to say something. <laughs> I just had to have a guess. Or not, you you pitched something. <laughs> um, And so that's kind of what they think happened. What they deduce has happened is that by inflicting so much torture on someone innocent that they unintentionally created the very thing they were trying to destroy which yes it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and we're just gonna have to accept that no we're it's like a, it's, it. it's like what we talk about when we talk about people being detectives or whatever in movies and you're well like, i could never be a detective because i would never make that logical jump like they do it all the time and it ends up being right but like did the pieces actually fit together i don't think that they did personally <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but okay but for the sake of it, let's just say that they do. Mm-hmm. And um, they realize she's keeping us alive for to like, or she says, they say that she's getting her revenge. This is her revenge. She's lived this over and over. And at this point, Tommy kind of drops to his knees next to her, looks at her and says, please don't hurt my son, take me instead, basically offering himself as a sacrifice, hoping that that will protect his son. And it's like an intense little moment. Zoom in on her face and zoom in on him. Music's intense. And then his wrists start shattering. His ankles start shattering. He starts Uh. screaming in pain and he starts like bleeding through his clothes his bruises on his stomach are looking very bad and we see her jane doe healing and all of her skin going back together looking like that like nothing's ever happened she's fully healing and tommy is just in excruciating pain screaming austin's uh you know trying desperately to help him but can't Tommy's reaching for a knife. Yeah. And Austin takes it and stabs him in the heart and kills him to put him out of his misery. Does it work that way? Do you get to do that? Do you get to make that choice? Well, so an interesting thing is that on the Wikipedia, it says that Tommy was reaching for the knife to be able to cut out his tongue to finish the ritual, which I don't think was made clear in the movie. But it does not work, and maybe it's because of that missed step that he couldn't cut out his own tongue, but it's not super clear. Um, But Austin is just sobbing over his dad's dead body now, and Jane Doe is still on the table, kind of as we first saw her, looking the same as we first saw her. Still looking dead, um, but as if she had not been cut open at all. And he hears the detective at the door, is I think who they called from the basement, and Mm -hmm. he runs, the detective is at the um, door that's covered with the tree, and we hear him kind of saying, help me with the tree, like it's fallen over. And Austin is like, yeah, help, help, we need help in here. And uh, the detective says, open up, open up. 
op- open up, open up, open up your heart and let the sun shine <gasps> Oh, no. And Austin steps back, looks very scared, and there's a, a little balcony railing behind him, and he turns and sees his dad's dead body right next to him in his face, and he screams and falls backwards and falls off the um, railing and like lands very badly on his head and he dies as well okay and then we see the police arriving the next morning thinking that they're coming back to um you know just get jane doe and they stumble upon a crime scene that is very similar to the one (gasps) in the beginning oh and says you know it looks like they were desperately trying to get out um, and on the radio, we hear fourth straight day of beautiful sunshine. No storm happened. No storm. No storm. And the detective is is really freaked out and says, OK, like we got to get take Jane Doe to another um, morgue. Don't do it. <laughs> but he's like he says, take it, take it out of this county. Like, I don't want her in this county, which is a very funny like, well, Okay. She's like, it's another county's <laughs> problem now. Cool. And so they load her into an ambulance to transport her. And as the ambulance is driving away, the radio changes to let the sun shine in. And her toe twitches. And that's the end of the movie. Okay. So she was an innocent person who was tortured in 1693 to death. And since then, she's been coming back as a corpse to kill people. Why hasn't she done it more? And why haven't we noticed the trend? Probably because now? people are just shifting it. People to keep different moving or counting counting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For 400 since, years. Since <laughs> Freaky. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really not, yeah, unexpected ending for sure. How is this movie like Alien? Exactly. That's what... <laughs> what? Yeah, I was very confused by that quote. Like, I thought for sure, I thought for sure that there was going to be a literal, like, alien in her body or something like that, like, from that quote, but... Yeah, it's a it's a bizarre quote. And, like, Cronenberg also, also no, like... I don't know enough about Cronenberg to I speak mean, to that. I mean, I guess but. the body horror, but it's just, it's not even a very Cronenberg-y body horror. I haven't seen tons of Cronenberg either, but I think of Cronenberg as, like, fucking gut-wrenching like horribly sad plots with mm-hmm. tons of gross disgusting body horror which i mean i guess this was sad and gross but not to that extent not like the fly yeah, that's sad mm. Mm. well it does sound like it was very um probably scary to be watching it mm-hmm. like the trailer looked really scary i thought it was very scary and i loved uh the mystery we talk a lot about mm-hmm. how you know, things don't always stick. Usually stick the solving landing. the mystery is, yeah, is less fun. Uh, disappointing, but. And I think that is the case here. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, Gabby, thank you for picking it. I'm really glad to have seen it. Yeah, I'm glad to know about it. And now. just like Brian Cox is such a good actor. He's just so fun to watch. And 
mm-hmm. a horror movie in which he is the star sign me up perfect <laughs> yeah sign me anytime uh i will watch that anytime. any day of the week any day of the week come on yeah wow it was yeah i mean i it's i don't even know what to say about it except <laughs> um i hope that that's not a thing where you can be tortured to the point where you become a witch I hope um, not. and haunt people for years to come i hope so too Mm. Mm-hmm. As y'all know, I've been dabbling in a bit of witchcraft myself. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't come across any of this kind of thing just yet, but I will keep you posted. Mm-hmm. Please, sorcery, sorcery, sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's there. It is. Any good voices besides the song? Should we just sing the we song? We can sing the song. Do, 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 from all of us here. Too scary to watch. Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. I'm here to remind you to head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and subscribe if you had as much fun as we did. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. Um, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. You can sign up for access to things like bonus episodes, bingo cards, send in suggestions, all that type of thing. Uh I think that's it, except for the fact that we love you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Okay, see you next week. Bye.